Hello, my name's Scott. You're listening to The Joys of Teaching Literature. We're here talking about all things high school English, mostly. You know, we also dabble in just general education sort of topics like class management. And generally, we're, we're thinking about how to make our lives more enjoyable, fun, um, really focusing on the students and how they can do uh, projects that are, are meaningful and related to the world that they live in. And uh, if you want to know more about me, my website is theteachersworkshop.com. I have a blog. I offer online courses for high school English teachers and for general education teachers um, just to make life smoother and more enjoyable. And uh, this week, um, we're t- really, I mean, this is really at the, the heart and soul of of what we do. And it's this really great expression that, that I think came into, I was actually sort of Googling around to figure out when it, when it came into use. Um, I feel like it became popular. I think I remember hearing that it became popular in the eighties. I, I could be wrong, but it's the, uh, it's the, the general concept of the teachable moment. <laughs> um, so that's the title of this podcast. Uh, what is a teachable moment? Um, and I, it's interesting. I mean, I think, when we sit back and, and think about, I, I think we we maybe ask ourselves this question all the time because teaching novels in particular, you know, I don't think it's as hard with short stories or poems. Essays are pretty easy because they're all kind of short. Um, but with a novel, I think it's a, it's always a struggle to get students in today in today's world to read a really long novel number one and number two a novel that's really complex and layered like we're just finishing beloved by tony morrison in class and it's 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 a lot you know i I, when i give out the book i kind of talk a lot about how difficult it is and to not be defeated by it and you know just to roll the punches i give them uh you know this kind of little outline of different plot events to look out for um not even plot it's just like this is the sort of thing that happened in this section or whatever. Just because it's so layered, I label where the uh, the foreshadowing occurs and where there's sort of interruptions in the linear, linear narrative of the plot. But um, it's it's just something I think that any teacher, I teach in a, a pretty high-performing district, kind of struggles with to try to get students uh, interested and involved with such a big task. It's a challenging thing to read a whole novel and... Um, teachable moments, you know, what, what I'm basically going to sort of frame this as is they should happen all of the time. If they're not happening all the time, then I think we slip into running the risk of losing the interest of our students. And, and think about it. I mean, we're teaching fiction. You know, I love fiction. It's what pulls at my heartstrings. Uh, and I think there's a, a fictional world all around everywhere, right? And whether it's social media and the sort of construction of reality there or a movie, there's fiction there there's fiction all around us um, it's just this sort of world that we wish it existed that we want to exist that used to exist in the case of beloved but also i mean that's sort of interesting actually in the same spirit of this topic of you know what is a teachable moment which i'll get to i started listening to this uh, i was reading this article in the new york times about uh, <clears throat> about professors and how it used to be publisher parish, but now it's podcast publisher parish. This <laughs> is interesting because I'm sitting here talking to myself in a podcast and talking to you, <laughs> of course. Um, so I ended up looking up this podcast. Um, it was generally just about how professors are, are podcasting now, not just sort of pushing academic research because nobody's reading. <laughs> and uh, and it's, let's face it, a little more entertaining and fun to kind of listen to somebody's 
version of what they wrote about or what they learned about or their, their sort of content knowledge, whatever it is. And so I sort of found, encountered this um, podcast called The Past Present. Um, and it's amazing. I mean, it's it's literally the, the uh, exactly what I'm talking about. It is basically, hey, there's this thing that ha- that happened uh, in the news that or this thing that people are talking about or this whatever the topic is that they're covering. It's usually something related to, you know, the news. Um, and they frame it in this way where they can they talk about the cultural sort of attitudes toward that topic, whatever it might be. They give you a rundown of, of historical events related to that topic. Well, it's like, okay, this is what happened, but really this happened in the 80s and it was it was talked about in this way or we reacted to it in this way. And, um, you know, so they kind of step back from whatever is in the news and they're like, okay, so here's the topic and this topic is this pattern that has existed for a long time. And it's, it's brilliant and it, it really makes me – and I think this is why – I think it was my junior, senior year, I decided to minor in history because I feel like, you know, next to literature, which I love literature for different reasons, um, but I, you know, obviously there's a lot of connections there when you're teaching books like All Quiet on the Western Front or whatever. Um, But I think what you learn through listening to a podcast like that is that, my gosh, historians know everything about everything because I always sort of frame literature like that. Like we're supposed to know everything about everything. It's language, right? So you can talk about whatever you want, sociology, psychology, right? Economics, you know, there's different, you know, aesthetics, right? There's different um, sort of things that we talk about, but we're talking about everything. And history is it's the same thing we're, we're talking about and in history even though it's based in fact on like fiction that is you know based in our imagination and again the world that we want versus the world that is history is the world that is literature is the world we want um or that we you know the story as a as a sort of vehicle to get where we're going you know let's think about history through the character's eyes in this way. And Beloved is a good example of that, right? You're sort of reliving history through this fictional version of events and these fictional characters, but you you understand history maybe more than just saying like, okay, this many uh, enslaved people came across the seas and um, sometimes learning historical facts are enough. And listening to another podcast called uh, Hardcore History where they're talking about um, the transatlantic slave trade and sort of all the issues there um, that are, interestingly enough, a very much a narrative. Uh, you know, I listened to another one on the on the First World War, um, and it's it's it just it's always amazing to me when I listen to historians speak. It's like they're really, really great storytellers. It, they're just rooted in these actual things that happened before and trying to make sense of them and trying to see them from multiple angles and try to really understand the the getting at the reality and getting at the truth you know, means that you have to sort of consider multiple multiple angles and multiple world events um, and look at what's happening all around the world and then looking at this, this one single thing. Um, so that's always amazing to me to kind of, because I think when we think about teachable moments, I, I think that that's probably what's happening all the time in a social studies classroom. Um, I feel like when you study a novel, when you teach a novel, you are just teaching the novel. You're talking about the characters because the, the novel in itself is is the creation. If the writer wanted to talk about some historical event that's important, they would do that. Faulkner did that all the time. 
And actually, a lot of the things that are in, say, on Vanquished, I used to teach that novel. Um, when you look them up, it's exactly how it happened in history. Um, you know, the two, the two, the train fighter. I forget what 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 um, scene there was. Two trains from one from the Union and one from the Confederacy, and there's like battling it out in this one scene. And if you, if you look into it, you're like, oh yeah, that did happen. And this is, you know, how it happened and all that. Um, so you know, fiction has its historical sort of roots sometimes, but uh, I think it's just something to, to think about as as English teachers, as literature teachers, because we um, have to we have to work to try to convince our students why this is important for us. It's a given. We loved it when we were students. We loved reading books. We continue to read books. Um, every new book that we pick up, there's something, you know, either disappointing about it, which we don't like, and we're like, oh, I would never teach that. Um, and there's some books that we're just like, absolutely, this would be great in the classroom. And uh, like, let's figure out a way to get this into the curriculum. Um, or not, we just read for pleasure. Uh, but I think with students, that that's us, that's us, right? I mean, we're different. There's kids in our class that are going to be engineers, and they're going to be, you know, trading stocks and, you know, they're going to be working as nurses or whatever they're going to be doing. Um, and they're just not, you know, that's not a chord that was struck. You know, that's this not, that's not the thing that, that they're passionate about. And that's okay. Um, I think yeah, every once in a while there's a student that's interested in everything, right? They love all their taught school uh, subjects and can get interested in, in whatever, for whatever reason. But, you know, there's certain things that they're good at, right? They might not be good at writing because they didn't really, you know, read when they were younger and it's a struggle for them and reading is a struggle for them. Um, so we have to work to try to figure out ways of sort of bringing the, the actual world we live in uh, into our discussions. And so that brings me to, to 60 Minutes. I was watching a couple weeks ago. I record all the episodes. I've <laughs> Hopefully everybody knows 60 Minutes, I feel like. I at least have to do that with my students sometimes where I'm like, everyone knows 60 minutes, right? And they're like, uh. <laughs> like no, I would kind of heard of it. Is that the one with the clock or whatever? Like, yeah. Just because I grew up listen, um, watching it with my parents and always thought it was really high quality journalism. And, you know, of course, with that visual element and the professionalism and just think it's a great show. And hopefully it will always be uh, something that's on Sunday nights. Um, and uh, there's an episode called uh, Canada's Unmarked Graves, and that was about uh, some Native American stories, but then there was one called, sh section of the show called Sharswood. And um, the Sharswood story uh, basically described an African-American family, uh, Millers, went by the last name Millers, and uh, not went by the last name Millers, that was their last name, I don't know why I said that, sorry. <laughs> uh, but they went, in, they moved into an old house, and what I was getting at with their last name is that they ended up, um, with the help of a historian, they discovered that their own family uh, formerly, were formerly enslaved people uh, who lived on, on the plantation that they bought. Um, this is old house they moved into. And so they made that, they were like, wait, <laughs> wait, what? Like my ancestors are here? You know, that kind of like odd feeling of this, this kind of, in the, in, in the novel, so I'm teaching the novel Beloved, and Beloved, the character, if you haven't read it, you absolutely have to read it. It's like, it's more important than Hamlet. It's amazing. It's probably better than Hamlet. It's got the ghost story element, but it's really, really layered, super, you know, different uh, different points of view from the three different female um, characters, 
toward the end of the book flashbacks it's very layered very interesting but but also for i think for uh, well for for everybody it's it's not an easy story to follow but that's kind of the point is that you're discovering all these kind of gaps in this story and you're figuring it out and you're and it's surfacing it's kind of coming out and as the story kind of comes out like this character comes out beloved this um she's just whatever she is she just comes and appears and, and she sort of represents all of the psychological things happening with the with the main character setha and um anyway so it's you know it's it's like we're it's we're it's set in like 1870s and um you're kind of like navigating this very difficult historical time period that nobody wants to like it's not it's not fun to look back on it's like it's like teaching all quiet i mentioned that earlier right this book about the first world war uh it's always difficult you know the whole thing like everything about it is kind of difficult but setha is incredibly strong character um she's not really phased by anything and she's got her convictions and so she's really um awesome and uh her her daughter is awesome and beloved is kind of awesome in weird ways even though she's <laughs> she's got a lot of things going on it's kind of layered book like that it, it functions like a pretty long poem um but anyway so so here here i'm watching this show and this family now bought this house that they didn't even know was a plantation and it also was a was a place where their own family as more they dug back into the past that they discovered their own ancestors were were enslaved people on this on this plantation um, it was kind of this interesting, like kind of funny joke to them at first, like, oh, look at us living on this plantation. But then all, all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, you're connected to this, <laughs> spiritually speaking, you know. Um, and then the most powerful part of the, the episode is they, they go um, and he asks, where's the cemetery? Because there's this old, this old shed that they think was... Um, you know, it's got the old nails in it, and so it's super old, and they kind of established that that was the quarters back there, and slave people live. And then they also kind of nonchalantly kind of ask, where's the uh, cemetery at? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's just back back there. <laughs> they're like, okay. So they go back behind the property there into the woods, and they, you know, in the show they're kind of showing them walk back, and lo and behold, they see all these little graves, these little, you know, they're, they're these little stones um, these little rocks kind of popping out, you know, they're popping out just over. There's all these leaves covering the floor of this forest. And uh, that's where their ancestors were buried right there, standing on top of the ground where their ancestors are buried. And uh, that's that's their, that's their headstone, you know, just a little, uh, little small stone there in the ground. And so I'm watching this episode. I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, it's like Beloved came alive, right? Beloved, all of a sudden, it was just alive right there. You know, that's it. Like, we don't want to talk about the past. And in, in, this, in the uh, episode, um, the, uh, the family said that. They're like, you know, we never asked our elders, you know, our grandparents and their parents. Um, nobody ever asked the older generation to talk about slavery. It was just something you never talked about. Why would you talk about it? It's like in, in my, you know, in my family, my uh, grandfather, which I, I didn't have a relationship with, but I would ask my dad about him fighting in the Second World War, and there was never any stories there. You know, he said he lost his medals, and that was like, you know, that's the extent of the story I got about my grandfather fighting in the Second World War for Britain. And uh, I think it, it was like that. It was like, you know, you, you're kind of like showing you're tough by not talking about the past. And it's just silly, right? Because we learn so much from the past. And 
when we think about understanding reality, you there is no such thing as understanding reality if you don't understand history. Like you, everything is is like the t- title of the podcast I just mentioned, the past present, right? It's these things are are linked, you know. And knowing anything about anything requires knowing about the way things were before. I think we do want to live in this world where this thing happens and we we say here's 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 what we do. Um, but there's so many lessons there and there's so many important things to remember about where we came from when you think about whatever we're being taught about transcendentals and Puritans and all that stuff in American literature. What about this, right? Like, why is this not foundational? Why is this kind of story? Why do we have to dig it up? Why don't we know about it? And what is what does it have to do with with our country now? And how does it help explain who we are as a country now? Like, look, use your eyes, look around, and and you know, maybe try to figure out some of the answers that you have about why our country looks and operates and functions, where certain people live in certain areas, and you know, race relations is this major part of who we are as a country. It was it was the main uh, exit poll, the main topic in an exit poll in the last election, right? This is the main thing that is weighing on the minds of people. And yet we're sitting around saying, let's not talk about it and teach it in schools. But it's the main thing that people voted on in the last election, right? Um, and so issues of equity, you know, so I was like, I forget, I was looking at a New York Times exit poll. And uh, I just thought, wow, you know, so, so, and, and so I play the 60 Minutes episode in class. And that's for me. That's a, that's such a teachable moment, right? It's like, hey, by the way, here's this. Like, you think beloved is this weird ghost story, and you don't really understand like who, this character. And it's so complicated. And why am I reading this? And what are we talking about here? So long ago, and then you and then you see this story where, right, this family is still grappling with these questions uh, and trying to make sense of it. And we're trying to, as a society, find a way to love each other better understand each other's stories better, understand each other's families better and our ancestors better and figure out who we are and where we were and where we are now. And, um, you know, just just learning important lessons from the variety of different experiences that people have had in history and learning, you know, to how to be compassionate and be, be empathetic and, and uh, you know, understand and connect with each other on a level where, where that's why we that is American literature, right? It's, you know, any kind of literature is a celebration of sort of where we come from. Um, and we need to do that if we want to be American. I mean, this is right. This is about kind of discovering who we are as people. Um, and it's, it's all for the purpose of learning. Um, and, and so that's, that's one example, you know, um, this kind of light bulb went off. Like, yeah, this is, this is how you teach beloved, you know, um, it's hard to understand Beloved's relevance because she's, you know, like you could argue she's this spirit returned from the day. Where you could argue she's just a regular character. Um, but it's it's it is important to kind of think about how she's not just important in this novel, but she's important today. Uh, she transcends time and forces the modern reader to find the meaning in her resurrection. And the reason Morrison felt compelled to bring the story to life. That's why she brought the story to life. It's direct parallel to the character. Uh, in the case of the Millers, their house, just like the haunted house in Beloved, uh, contained a very real connection to the dead. The Miller family never talked about slavery just like Setha, the main character, the protagonist of Beloved. 
it feels like there are a lot of people today that also don't want to talk about the past. And silence about history, racism, and discrimination perpetuates ignorance and hate. This is one example of a teachable moment, a moment in our lives. This is how, you def- this is how I define it, right? A teachable moment is a moment in our lives or in the news that presents itself as an undeniable opportunity for a meaningful conversation. I treat some teachable moments as an opportunity, ironically, not to teach, uh, but to ask questions and listen. I think that's the interesting thing about a teachable moment. It's not like, hey, this thing happened, let me teach you about it. No, that's not the teachable moment is, let's, I want to know what you think, and then I'll navigate that and, and try to be, you know, some kind of guide for what we understand and how we can talk about these things in a way that's positive and uplifting and is it, it may be just kind of just opening the question up about this problem or whatever that had happened in the news is is important um and it's really just about pausing you know i pause class to talk about say like the insurrection the pandemic the war in afghanistan immigration like i talk about the bachelor in class i remember when the phillies won the world series in 2008 i <laughs> i talked for a really long time about that um there's things in our personal lives there's like you know i'm gonna talk about this for a little bit so my my students get to know me a little better and uh and see that that i have a literary mind right a mind that thinks deeply about events uh and that is what we're teaching in our books that we think deeply about events about experiences and make sense of them and we have to actively do that in our class um because that that's what we're doing we're practicing it when we're doing that in a novel in a novel we're practicing the interpretation of experience um, and we want to sort of actively interpret our own experiences in our own lives and our own society right this thing we all have in common is we live in the same country we live in the same world and uh, we can talk about things that that happen um, and and just listen to each other just listen to each other be honest be vulnerable it's spontaneous there's no lesson plan there it's just it's a teachable moment it's a wonderful i love i really love that expression um, and it's not something that's like every once in a while with a major event it's it's something that happens all the time i'm always talking about movies and you know random statistics that i come across i listen to podcasts every day on my way to work so i find, it's funny because i find myself uh say oh, I, I listen to this podcast you know just, and sometimes i'll say just this morning i listened to this podcast and all of a sudden it's becoming a part of my lesson right um we want to be students of the world and bring that sort of scholarly attitude about the world into our classroom it's a really important thing to do i think um personal stories you know things that will make them laugh things about my kids you know i'll use an example right this is kind of a sillier teachable moment right i just had it with my daughter putting her to sleep um she uh is starting to she uh this year started to to read independently you know i gave her a little book light she could turn on and off when she goes to bed so i don't have to you know because i found myself reading to her for like 20 30 40 minutes it was like it was so long so eventually i'm like hey you can read on your own now you know where she would read out loud to me and sometimes we'd read together with the dialogue or whatever and uh so eventually i'm just like yeah read on your own and now she's at the point where she like wants to journal she's like give me a journal i want to write in my journal and then uh she wrote this like really funny journal she read it to me it was all bffs my bff this and my bff that so in filmmaking um I have one of my second assignments is to create an adaptation of a short, of a existing story 
that you can find in a in a in a movie, a Zixon movie. Uh, it could be um, a short story, a poem, you know, just something that that gives you inspiration to create a character and set and put that character um, uh, set it set your movie in 2023, right? So in the current day. And so one of my students um, decided to write uh, a script, a story based on uh, Taylor Swift's "You Belong to Me," and so she's students describing like these different high school, you know, drama relationships with best friends and people who want the same boy or whatever the story is about. And I just started laughing because she's actually said the word BFF. And in my conversation, I'm like, this is so funny. You know, and I told her the story about my daughter and the BFF in the first journal. And it's just, it's, it's, it's light. It's, it's com- just regular conversation you're having with a kid, but it's, you know, they, they, I think that they just, they like knowing that there's this link in our worlds that's kind of funny and light sometimes. And sometimes it's like, hey, did you see when, you know, the capital almost got taken over, nine eleven or whatever it might be, uh, that kind of comes up in the news. And obviously, it can be like a big event, or and obviously not all news is worthy. Think about it. there's news every day. So how how newsworthy is some stuff, right? Like, yeah, they try to make it like, oh my gosh, did you see what happened today? But really, it's you know three sixty hundred three sixty five days a year. You know, it's not all major news, right? So, uh, of course, not everything is going to end up in your classroom, but that's what I'm saying. It's a mix of like personal stories, experiences, you know, things that you've had in the past, even even news from before. And it's amazing to me, you know, I used to teach um, media studies and it's amazing to me and I teach uh, racial literacy now and so much of it. And actually, I just had this conversation with another student that they were saying, like, we're sort of talking about racial literacy. We do these uh, sort of reflections on the quarter and they were like, just admitting to me that she was a freshman, you know, saying that I don't really, some of the political stuff is like sort of over my head. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cool. You know, like, I think that's kind of the point of this class is just to kind of discover, like, there's so many different things that, that I know politically that I bring in, like, as examples of, of history, you know, going all the way back to the beginning of our country. And I'm, that I'm throwing out there and that they're just, they're learning all this, right? They're just figuring, like starting to hear it in this, in this new context as a way of understanding the world they live in. And, uh, it's just all part of it, you know, it's just all part of it. Um, and so one project that I have, it, it kind of makes teachable moments embedded in the project is uh, free literacy blocks. So I just give my students free time to explore, uh, what is in essence, yeah, like teachable moments from the real world, for profound questions that need answers. And I'm just saying, like, what are your like moments that you want to know more about? What it is, what is it that you want to know more about? Um, teachable moments should not be a rare once in a year opportunity uh, to f- pause and reflect on reality. Uh, they should be embedded in everything we do. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy listening, please subscribe or follow my uh, podcast. That would help me get the word out about it. And, uh, you know, give me a review and like me um, so that other people can, uh, other English teachers can can find me and uh, enjoy the show too. Thank you so much for listening.